Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Legendary Wrestling Figures. This is episode 65. I know we are going to talk about the big uh, King Kong Bundy LGN figure, but uh, let me bring Brian, see what else he wants to talk about. It is wrestling fan Brian, what else do you want to talk about? Oh, I got a few things. Um, yeah, uh, we'll get to King Kong Bundy, but let me start off with just saying that uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Happy Holidays. You might be listening to this after the big uh, Christmas celebration or whatever holidays that you're spending with your family that you're uh, you're enjoying, but, uh, but I'm recording a couple days before Christmas, so... Uh, for me, it hasn't gone down yet. Haven't uh, haven't had the big day this year, but um, I wanted to share a couple things. One thing is that I watched the Princess Bride recently, and uh, well, what did you think of my performance? I loved it. I always, yeah, it's uh, it's a great movie, and you you had a great performance. Thank you very much. I sit back and listen as you tell whatever story it is you have to tell. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, what I didn't realize about The Princess Bride, I knew that Andre uh, had left to go film it in late 86. And, and I've, always, uh, I've always been, I don't know, it's always been one of those magical movies. So I really, I really love the movie. But I didn't know, I didn't realize that it was a book by uh, William Goldman that came out back in 1973. So it's actually, it's 50 years that the Princess Bride book, um, it's the 50th anniversary. And so some interesting things about that. Um, one thing is that they tried to make it into a movie. This is, this is all stuff just on Wikipedia. So, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I didn't do a, a ton of research on this other than having been a fan of the movie for a long, long time. But, um, but basically, they tried to make this movie uh, on several occasions. Finally, got it done in 1987, and uh, before they, um, way before that, back in the 70s, the guy that they wanted to play the part of Fezzik was actually Andre the Giant. Um, back in the 70s, they they wanted Andre to play the part, and then when they tried to get him for the part uh, for the movie that came along in. Uh, and, and was filmed in 86, at first they weren't able to get him because he had a big match scheduled in Japan where he was supposed to make, according to this, uh, to Wikipedia, it was going to be like $5 million. So they, they were having a hard time trying to cast somebody to play the role of Andre. I mean, it even says that they, they got Liam Neeson, um, but he just wasn't big enough. Uh, so anyway, this match got canceled. WWF um, reached out back to the uh, to the film crew, and they were they said, "Hey, Andre is now available." So so they got Andre involved. He was tentative to to be in it because he wasn't confident in his uh, in his English, and and it turns out that of course he was he was perfect for the role, and um, and the other thing that's kind of cool is uh, he had a. a According to this, he had just a really wonderful time on set with the with the entire crew because they all treated him just as part of the team and as a, a normal uh, person, part of their crew. Uh, he wasn't it wasn't something where they, uh, they they had everybody gawking at Andre and staring at him and and he he wasn't treated like he was in most of his normal life like a like a spectacle. He was he was just treated as one of the one of the uh, 
one of the 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 team. So um, I've heard or read that that he really liked that. So very cool. Um, along with that, something that's interesting is that um, William Goldman, the writer of this uh, of this novel, um, he he tried to come up with a sequel to it. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2018. But at one point, he wanted to have a sequel come out on the uh, for the 50th anniversary, which would have been this year, 2023. And, and it's crazy. I was born in 74, so the the genesis of that movie, uh, the book, um, a year before I was born, I, I didn't have any idea that it had been around that long. So uh, again, um, just some interesting stuff I saw. Just wanted to share that real quick. Uh, it, for for fans of the Princess Bride, I I definitely recommend watching that every few years. Um, if you haven't seen it in a while, uh, Andre's performance is wonderful, but the entire cast is really is really special, and the story is is really special. So, um, fifty years of the Princess Bride on a novel. Someday maybe I'll pick that up and read that and uh, and enjoy it from the book as well as. As from the movie, and of course I'll have Andre in, in mind. Well, thank you for telling that story. It's uh, it's nice to learn about uh, the backstory a little bit. I'd forgotten a couple of things, but uh, what else you got? Well, um, I did get some uh, some figures recently. I got a uh, I got a gift from Tim at pulling up a chair. Really cool. I got an Andre the Giant. Heels and Faces zombie sailor figure in the black strap. Check this out, Andre. Oh, that looks pretty good. I'm very handsome in that figure. Nice job. They got my signature on the packaging. Are you going to open this up? I don't know yet if I'll open it or not. It's tough for me not to open uh, wrestling figures, but I, I'm not going to do it right now. Look at the back. They got me in blue also. Yeah, I'm glad Tim got the black. I like the black. I think the black is uh, more fitting. Yeah, I think so too. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for uh, everybody listening to Pulling Up a Chair from uh, Tim at a chair shot on Twitter. Um, not because of this, because he has a great show, but also uh, really appreciate the feedback Tim always gives me on the episodes of this show and uh, just having him as a friend. He also got me some... Uh, some French roast coffee. How do you know that I like French roast? Well, he, he probably just made a good guess. I guess you did. You have to try that. Looks like three pounds of coffee beans from San Francisco Coffee Company. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, other uh, uh, stuff I got, um, I was able to receive... The Coliseum collection. I hadn't gone in on these uh, on this set yet, but I've got it in front of me. I got the I got the Roddy Piper George Steele set uh, from Mattel this last week, and so it is taped. So I haven't cut the tape and opened it up yet. I'm gonna do that. So I'm gonna go over here, get this out of the box, grab my uh, uh, my package box cutting knife here and open this out and up and check these figures out another thing that i got while i'm doing that is um i've been looking at these indiana jones 
uh, figures that Hasbro did. I've I've been looking at those pretty much every time I'm look in in uh, Target looking at wrestling figures. I'm also checking out these these Hasbro Indiana Jones figures, but at twenty four ninety nine or twenty two ninety nine, whatever they've been, I I haven't gone in on these things. Um, it's just something where I'm primarily a wrestling figure collector, and and I really cut back on what I do collect. But the other day I saw that they had this Dial of Destiny figure of Indiana Jones on sale for eleven forty nine. It was half price, so twenty two ninety nine is was regular price. So I added that to the cart, and I when I went to ring it up, it came up with a zero price. So I I I panicked, tried to tell the guy, hey, it was eleven forty nine. He entered it in at only two bucks for me. So really kind of cool to have an Indiana Jones, uh, an older Harrison Ford figure, um, is uh, for only uh, two bucks. Really cool. Uh, you can see I have a a post on that and uh, a post on these. Uh, well, you can see all kinds of my posts on Twitter. It's at eight zero wrestling. Uh, sorry, at 80 underscore wrestling is where you can find me on Twitter and you can see all the posts of the different figures that I've painted and and you can see uh, all kinds of daily stuff and polls and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty happy to get such a great deal on an Indiana Jones figure. You guys who are regular listeners to this show know how much of a fan I am of Indiana Jones. All right, so I've just gotten this Coliseum collection opened and uh Roddy looks fantastic uh my only complaint on this figure I think is that the red ringer T is it doesn't have the red rings on his hot rod shirt but this is really a gorgeous figure uh on the back the Coliseum collection Rowdy Roddy Piper hot rod does not take kindly to jokes about his kilt in fact, Piper does not take kindly to anyone. He is the most vicious, treacherous man in the history of WWE. His nasty jokes and mocking laughter fool no one in the WWE universe. Beware the Scotsman as he battles the best. All right, so great looking figure. I am going to uh, slide the back off of this packaging and see what the accessories are about. I used to have a poster, of course, on the LJNs. But on these guys, they've got a little box in the bottom. I'm assuming this is where extra hands and his extra uh, head for the figure are located. Let me check those out. Oh, yeah, two heads, a microphone, pointing hands, uh, hands that will hold the microphone, and uh, outstretched, uh, you know, flat hands. Um, great looking. I love all three of the heads, the one that is included in the two extras. Uh, excited that I have this figure. I don't know how many more of the Coliseum Collections uh, figures I'm going to get, but this one looks fantastic. Glad I have it. Let me uh, check here. Blue trunks, blue knee pads. I'm going to leave them in the plastic for now. I'll take them out of there later, but... Um, tremendous looking figure. Uh, really happy with uh, with how this guy turned out. Hope uh, everyone else out there who is collecting these and 
got this one in particular, this Roddy George set. I hope everyone else out there is impressed with it as I am. I think it looks fantastic. Um, next up is George Steele. Let me check and see how George looks. Let me put the, uh, the back back on this packaging. And it has the picture of the, uh, the other four figures in the line. I still would love to have the Sarge figure from San Diego Comic-Con someday. But uh, I don't think I'll get Jake, Rick Rude, uh, Hulk in the white and red, or Terry Funk. But those look, those look really nice, too. Um, George Steele, I, I was hoping that Roddy would come with some other figure. I was a little disappointed when it was George Steele. But... Um, it's cool that he comes with the mind doll. I'm going to take the accessories out of here and check that out. I think he could be chubbier than they made him in the stomach. Um, but I didn't have any George Steele in Mattel form. So, again, happy to have him on the back. The Coliseum Collection card. George the Animal Steele is a wild, beast-like man of few words and is famous for tearing open turnbuckle pads with his teeth. Steele, who is immensely strong and dangerous, can at times have a heart of gold. It is the unpredictable behavior that makes him one of the most feared men in WWE. Uh, WWF, but yeah, if he's wrestling now, WWE. So let me check out the accessories with George Steele. Yep, a couple of uh, different heads. Looks like... So a lot more accessories than Roddy came with. He's got mine. He's got a shirt. He's got the turnbuckle. He's got a couple sets of hands. Uh, I do. I do want to check out the mine doll here. One arm is not attached, but that should just pop right in. And this was an ugly toy in the magazines, but I sure wish I'd gotten a few of them. They'd be high dollar items right now if I if I had. Uh, Bought a few of those and felt like selling them. Yeah, this is this is super cool. So I'm I'm still puzzled by why they included George with Roddy, but uh, it's cool that I have him, and definitely cool that I have Roddy. So very cool that I have the Coliseum collection with Rowdy Roddy Piper and George the Animal Steel. Again, the only complaint I have on Roddy is that they didn't give him the red rings on his shirt. But aside from that, he looks pretty fantastic. And for, you know, for an ultimate figure, I'm just glad that they actually made one with Roddy. That's, that's great. There's no guarantees that they, uh, that they would have, uh, would have done him. They've had quite a few Roddy figures lately. I'm hoping that they're not going to lose the license or something because it's, it seems like they've, really been hitting it hard and they when they did that with macho man eventually he was not there anymore but you know um i guess there's a lot of toy manufacturers out there so if they did lose the license to roddy he would uh i'm sure that other manufacturers would step up and sign and make some more roddy figures i mean big rubber guys that's that's kind of the the line i'm most all in on right now since it's so similar to the ljn's so if they wanted to do a Roddy Piper figure, uh, I'd be fine with that. I'd, you know, if they wanted to do an updated uh, Roddy, that would be cool with me too, where they give him the right color trunks and, and uh, more detail on the boots. Um, maybe someday, but for now I'll be real happy with this 
Mattel Coliseum Collection, Roddy Piper, George Steele set. And I'm also happy with uh, with the LJNs. I've gotten a paint of Roddy where I can take and, and uh, put the right gear on him. So, yeah, between Andre the Giant from Tim, Indiana Jones for two bucks, my Coliseum Collection order, uh, it's a pretty, pretty big week of, of collecting for me right before Christmas. Seems like Christmas right before Christmas. So pretty cool. Um, next thing I wanted to hit on is, uh, I just wanted to go over, uh, Christmas movies before we talk about Bundy. Um, don't know when else I would have a chance to do it. So I'll just say my top four Christmas movies, the four that I, uh, hold nearest and dearest to my heart. Uh, first one would be, um, the Charlie Brown, uh, it's uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the classic one from 1965. Um, and when you start watching it, it's, it's pretty crazy how, uh, how depressing it starts out. Charlie Brown himself is depressed. Um, he's able to, uh, to turn it around and find the simplest thing of a, uh, of a, of a natural tree to go in the, uh, the Christmas play that he's he's set to direct, and and find the uh, the goodness in the in the Christmas season. So um, I don't know why, but that one's just so nostalgic for me. Um, so that one makes the list. Uh, second on the list, the original uh, Christmas Carol with uh, uh, Alistair Alistair Sim is his name. And so this is the 1951 version of the movie, the British film. And um, I just think he does the best job in it. The uh, The honorable mention out of these uh, top four would be Mickey's Christmas Carol from the 80s, where I love that uh, Donald Duck actually plays a cheerful, um, enthusiastic version of, of, uh, of his nephew, Fred, and... Uh, but it all goes back to this 1951 film. I just think that Alistair Sim, the actor that plays Scrooge in it, is is just the best Scrooge ever. Um, plays such a oh, such a hard-hearted person, and then uh, is giddy with joy by the end of the film, having uh, discovered that he can um, live his life a, a different way, and and has uh, has turned over a new leaf and found the spirit of Christmas. So um, that would be the second in my my top four Christmas movies. Uh, up third would be um, Christmas Vacation. And so I've always been a huge fan of the vacation movies from National Lampoons. And uh, the very first one, um, Vacation, when they go to Wally World, uh, that one has always been my favorite. But uh, the Christmas Vacation, that that edges closer and closer and, and is right on par with, uh, with Wally world as far as favorite vacation movies. I, I love how, um, how optimistic Clark Griswold's character is in each of these films. And, and he's just, he's got this, um, spirit that everything's going to work out, that he's going to make the best of every situation. And it just, life just beats him up. And, and eventually he's got, he snaps and things go crazy, but his comedic timing, Chevy Chase, I, I don't know, I've, I've heard he's not the, the greatest guy in person, um, but man, on film, one of my all-time 
favorite comedic actors. Uh, also love uh, Funny Farm with Chevy. That's another one that um, ends up having a lot of Christmas uh, themes towards the end where they, but, uh, but getting back to the subject, yeah, a Christmas, um, Christmas vacation. That's, that's on my list of top four Christmas movies. We, we watch that every year. So, um, just the relatability of, of putting up decorations and lights and dealing with family. It's so easy to relate with, uh, uh, with, <laughs> with the difficulties, the, the Griswolds endure in that whole line of films and Christmas vacation is, uh, truly relatable. Um, my favorite Christmas movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. And what's funny is I probably remember seeing it around, I don't know, maybe when I was nine or 10 and, and looking at, you know, Christmas Vacation was 1989. Um, the, A Christmas Story, 1951, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, 1965. But when you look at It's a Wonderful Life, that was actually 1946. So I was probably, I probably had seen that by the time I was uh, 10 and in, in 1984, 11, 1985, somewhere in there. And so the, the actual movie was filmed 38, 39 years before I had, before I really remember watching it and liking it. And, uh, and, and it's just funny that here, here I am again, 38, 39 years later, um, talking about it. So it's been about the same amount of time from now to when I really remember watching that movie, uh, versus when I saw it and remember it the first time to when it was actually made. So it's just weird how time works. But, um, but George Bailey, I, I just love the character. He's somebody that sacrifices every time he's, he's got a dream that he wants to go for. He has to sacrifice that dream for for those that he loves and, and decides to do what's best for his family, his brother, his uh, anybody other than him. So he doesn't get to to live the life that he thought he was going to live. You know, it starts out um, when they first show him at, at age 21. So it starts out at age 12 in 1919 where he jumps jumps into the icy water to save his brother at age 12 and then we're looking at uh, uh, basically uh, 1928 so um, nine years later he's 21 years old he's getting ready to go to college but he, he stayed and he worked uh, at, at the uh, the building and loan so he's finally getting ready to go to college and um, ends up having to forego his trip and and stay to run the business because his dad has a stroke and passes away. And, and then the, the next thing that comes up is he, he goes ahead and he, he sends his brother to school to go to college with the money that he was going to spend to go to college. So when his brother gets back, his brother has a job. So once again, he's not able to go, go off to school and, and see the world. Um, just at every turn, George Bailey goes ahead and gives up what he's dreamt of so that he can he can fulfill obligations and responsibilities and 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 sacrifice his own his own dreams for those of his family. So uh, at the the end of the film, I, I just love that he gets the book from uh, from his his guardian angel from Clarence, the guy that uh, that 
that saved him by jumping into the water first, gets the, the signed copy that says, uh, you remember, you're never a failure as long as you have friends. And so it's just a, it's a cool lesson. And I'm, I'm thankful to all my friends out there. Um, some of you listen to the show. Most of them probably don't, but, uh, to, uh, to all my friends out there, I really appreciate you. And I thank you. And, uh, and I hope you all are having a great holiday season or just got through a great holiday season and, uh, we're able to hold off the, the seasonal depression that comes along with it at times as, uh, as we go through this life and we lose those that we love. So, uh, with all that being said, um, real quick, I'll ask Andre, Andre, what, uh, what four Christmas movies, uh, would be on your list? Well, then, uh, you put me on the spot here, but, uh, I think I can come up with them. Let me see here. How about, uh, I know. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, The Grinch, Frosty the Snowman, and uh, how about the new one? How about uh, Elf with Will Ferrell? Well, what, what makes you like all of those? Well, when you think about it, all four of the main characters are kind of uh, misfits, fish out of water, People that don't quite fit in, but uh, they make the most of it, and eventually people accept them, and they have a successful life. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, it sounds like uh, something you can definitely relate to. Yes, uh, Rudolph, he gets made fun of with his nose, but then he leads the... Uh, he leads the rest of the reindeer and Santa to give the presents out, saves the day. The Grinch, no one like him. He take away the Christmas goodies, but by the end, he's accepted and he uh, discovers the joy of Christmas. Frosty, he's also, he's kind of magical. Everyone look at him. And uh, he's willing to sacrifice himself for the girl, uh, Karen. So, and of course, with Elf, you got the big funny guy. A lot bigger than the other elves. Turns out he's human. That Will Ferrell. So, he's a very kind-hearted man. Doesn't fit in where he grew up. But everything comes together for him at the end, too. Well, I like your list, my friend. Good job. Thank you. I like your list as well. Merry Christmas to everyone. Now that we're done talking about movies and action figures that don't tell jams, how about we discuss the King Kong Bundy? Yeah, so, uh, King Kong Bundy. This is one of my very favorite LJN figures. Um, just the size of Bundy, it's something that sets him apart from most of the rest of the line. There's some other figures that are also big, uh, Kamala, um, One Man Gang, uh, the Andre figures, but this Bundy figure, to me, it's it's one of the most iconic in, in the size that he is and, and the way that he's built. Um, the other thing that I love about 
Bundy. I mean, well, first off, the wrestler King Kong Bundy being in the uh, the main event of the first supercar that I really watched on anything. Of course, WrestleMania two when I saw the replay, uh, July fifth, nineteen eighty six. A few months after I started started watching wrestling, they showed that on Showtime. So I got to see the big blue steel cage, and Bundy was the uh, the main event opponent of Hulk Hogan. So. King Kong Bundy's always held a special place in my heart from being in the main event of that match. Um, the first huge feud that I saw, uh, the, the, the biggest feud, my, my favorite feud, Hulk Hogan against Paul Orndorff. The, the match that they turned on each other, or that Orndorff turned on Hulk in, was, uh, was Hulk and Orndorff against Bundy and Stud. And so Stud and Bundy, the tag team, that... That's something that I've always been a huge fan of. I, I wish they'd had a tag team title run. Um, King Kong Bundy, first three WrestleManias, you know, the it, the the record-setting 23-second match that they called nine seconds against S.D. Jones. Um, he, he's, just, he's just one of these iconic guys. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I really wish that now that Triple H is in charge of that, that he would make it happen. Same thing with uh, One Man Gang and Kamala. I, I've got a, uh, a poll I just did on Twitter. As I'm speaking with you now, King Kong Bundy has got well over 50% of the votes, and uh, Kamala is in second with around 20-something percent, and, and One Man Gang is uh, around 18. Anyway, uh, Bundy is by far ahead of everybody else with close to, I think it's over 300-something votes so far, which is a little more than normal. Um I felt he should be in the Hall of Fame a long time, uh, if nothing else, for being the main event of uh, WrestleMania two with Hulk. But um, another cool thing about Bundy, not the wrestler so much, but the figure, is if you're looking to ever start this hobby of painting LJNs like uh, like I've been like I've done, like I've painted 120 of them now. Um, Bundy and George Steele were the first two that I painted, so series to the 1985 line that we're talking about this series this this season on legendary wrestling figures to me it's one of the best lines you could start with the most simple figures uh to paint i'd put brutus probably the most difficult but bundy orndorff uh, valentine and steel those are all fairly simple figures to paint and bundy might be the most simple of the bunch all you need is two colors uh, white and black uh, I like to add wrist tape to his uh, to his wrists in white. Uh, you could go with white shoelaces on his boots, uh, but at WrestleMania two, it looked like they were black, so I typically leave them just black. Don't paint those. Uh, you could add socks. Typically, I don't. Uh, I usually do white on the soles of his boots. But the rest of it, it's um, th these figures. Aside from getting marked up from play, uh, they're the the detail on. On the the tights, the knee pads, the boots, it wasn't perfect from LJN to begin with. So it's something where I like to really try and get the uh, uh, the the parts that are knee pad and boots uh, painted black, and the parts that are his actual skin to have those not be painted. So it's something where uh, using uh, uh, toothpicks to scrape away the paint if you overlap onto his legs. From his boots or his uh, or his knee pads or the same thing on his torso when you're trying to do the straps and do the uh, the, the tights that he's wearing um, if you want to just use this as a good practice figure where you're uh, just trying to get as good a detail as possible it's 
it's a great one to practice with. And if you mess up, you can just take that acetone with the cotton rounds or the Q-tips and, uh, and erase what you've done and, and repaint it again. And, and so getting the detail on this figure is kind of fun where you can get it looking better than it did from LJN originally. Um, I'm real interested to see what these five 1985 figures were going over, what, what they get ratings wise from everybody. Um, but this Bundy, like I say, it's one of my very favorites. Uh, you could redo the teeth in, uh, in white if you want. You, most of the ones I've gotten and have done have been in pretty good shape to begin with. So typically I leave them alone, but, um, but uh, again, this is behind Roddy Piper being my favorite wrestler and my favorite LJN. Uh, Bundy's probably number two on that list. And so uh, guys like Junkyard Dog, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Andre, there's uh, Kamala. Th those are some of my very favorite figures in the line. But I got to put Bundy at number two behind Piper. So definitely one of my very favorite figures. Um, I, I really appreciate everyone who's listened to this show all this year. It's, uh, um, it, it's amazing to get, uh, uh, to get these, uh, connections from all over the country from people who are also into LJNs and 1980s wrestling. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed, uh, uh, meeting all these new people that, uh, that have common interests to me. Um, I did get to see Bundy one time. Uh, March 20th, 1987, got to see him against King against uh, Kamala uh, at the Arco Arena. I've talked about that on the, in the past. Um, two of my favorite LJN figures for sure, facing off in a uh, in a match in person. That um, it didn't happen a, a ton around the country. I kind of wish that had been a WrestleMania three match, as opposed to the Bundy with the uh, with his teammates against Hilda the gym with his teammates where he, he ends up injuring little beaver, but, um, but it, you know, that's historic as well. So, um, mainly I'm, I'm sorry that Kamala didn't get to be a part of WrestleMania three after being such a big part of the house show cards and apparently not getting paid, uh, what he should have been for those events. But, um, but yeah, anxious to get the rest of these, uh, um, anxious to get, to some guests on this show and see what they all think about the 1985 line of figures. Um, Andre, I don't, I don't know if we'll have time for a song this time or not. Might even have to go acapella. Um, but I do want to do some shout outs. So, uh, let me get my, uh, my stuff together for that. Sounds good, Ron. Let's see what you got. All right, I want to shout out a few people real quick. Um, I want to thank Magnificent Matt in Massachusetts. I really appreciate that kind gift you gave me, my friend. I uh, also want to thank uh, Brett in Arkansas, uh, Mike Sem, uh, Diego in Florida, uh, Chris Consoli up in Canada, uh, Firefighter Brian, Eric Munez, Eric Elliman, Pistons Pro Wrestling Fan, Good Brother Mike, Jason Wolf. Steve Hoker, Circus Bear Ken, Tyler from the uh, Paul Orndorff account, uh, my best friend Five Star Eric, Jumping Jay, and Tommy Fierro from 80s Wrestling, the podcast, uh, good friend Mark Halverson in Canada, um, check out his wife's show, Varied Motives, uh, true crime podcast out there, um, Nate at Ring Skirts, um, Drew and Caitlin Venzel. Check out Tales from the Estate. Um, Tim, 
who's at a chair shot on Twitter. Check out Pulling Up a Chair. Thanks so much, Tim, um, for uh, for those guests I mentioned earlier, and thanks for all your support. Uh, Evan Ginsberg, uh, senior editor of Pro Wrestling Stories. Um, Toto with Tom. Uh, Brian Breaker. Uh, check out Brian's latest show with his uh, co-host, Daniel Cross on the Saturday morning Rumble Wheel, the interview, uh, the guy who played Harley Race in the new movie, The Iron Claw, about the Von Erics. Really looking forward to listening to that and really looking forward to that movie. Um, Jeff and Scott Toon from the Fully Pulsable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, and then uh, all the other folks out there that I, I am forgetting to mention right now, I, I thank you so much for supporting me and uh, and my uh, my family, my dad. Thank you. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, all my love to you. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, take care. May you always show some kindness to a stranger. May you always feel the goodness of a friend. May you always do the best to avoid danger. May you live your life the fullest till the end.